<laughs> for any children listening, Cookie Monster is definitely real. If there are any children listening to this podcast, you should stop that because this isn't a child-friendly podcast. Yeah, swear Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Go play with your trucks. I don't yeah. know what what do kids yeah. like these days. Power Rangers. Go play with your yo-yos and your spice. <laughs> spice. <laughs> yo-yos and spice. That's what the kids are into, I think. Uh, and did you ever use like, elastics? No. Well, you had like a, <laughs> like elastic around your legs and someone else's legs, and then someone would be in the middle jumping on them, and in a, like, and you'd have little rhymes for like <laughs> jumping no. outside them and on like England. Uh, no, what was it? Inside, outside. It's, I don't know. There was like little rhymes you did and like jumped on them. For listeners, Daniel grew up in poverty, so didn't have video games. <laughs> Um, played with I mean, rubber bands instead. Yeah, it's a real game. All the kids are doing it. It's called Elastics. Let's let's not too uh, let's not veer too closely to the reality. <laughs> <laughs> what was what, it like uh, not being middle class growing up? I can't imagine. Well, I've got myself there now. So yeah, 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 yeah. I think you probably uh, um, no, that's not appropriate conversation for. I was going to say you probably earn more than me, and then I thought. It's, weird place to go on a podcast isn't it talking about our salaries so but the point is you climbed out of nothing out of the mire and look at you now um and we'll not yeah we'll be starting a new job on uh more money than i'm currently on unbelievable six-figure salary it's it's not a six-figure salary okay yeah, okay good okay for a moment um i thought that that could have been really awkward Anyway, um, do Welcome you to Joy Story, Joy Story ten, Joy Story episode ten, a momentous. So this is because we missed one month, didn't we? So this is actually month eleven, but episode yeah. ten. So we're one month off our first uh, birthday. That's incredible. Hashtag JS ten. What should we? We should do something for our birthday podcast. Maybe it's a conversation to have off air. Maybe that should be a um, we record in real life podcast yeah probably should be actually that'd be good we'll have yeah. to see if we can figure that out but um yeah welcome to the 10th episode um thanks very much it's great to be here thanks for having me yeah, um, you're welcome well it's a good, good selection of tim leeson <laughs> you got a good selection of canapes out i like the bunting um also welcome to pride month yes welcome to pride month on behalf of um dan one of the gays. Don't, and don't, you, don't you speak on behalf of me or the gays. <laughs> and on behalf of me, a former persecutor turned ally. <laughs> it's, this is, we've got into a theme already of what we've climbed out of and into. Um, you've climbed out of um, persecutor of and ally, to, and that ally of, and uh, yeah. mine was poverty to middle class. So um, Yeah, 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 yeah. Both, both good journeys to go on. And... Former closeted gay to non-closeted gay. Yes, yes. Um, but also, like, don't speak on behalf of the gays, Tim. Okay, M- my my apologies. We'll come for you. <laughs> okay. Oh no! <laughs> oh no! I've made an enemy of the gays. 
Yeah, that's the worst place to be. <laughs> um, yeah, Pride Month. That's exciting. What a, what a time to be alive. <laughs> feel a real lack of sincerity in a few things you've said today, Tim. No, that's very, that is sincere. It is exciting. Are you um, doing anything to celebrate Pride Month? That's an interesting question. I don't know, really. Um, I feel like, yes, but not in a significant way. Like, I've been posting stuff yesterday, kind of more like acknowledging it. I'm wearing a big pink Spice Girls t-shirt today. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I guess there'll be like, yeah, things I will engage with or, or it gets me thinking more or reflecting more on... Um, yeah, being gay and like my experiences with that. So I don't know, like in terms of a month long celebration or anything, but, um, yeah, it's a, it's an interest. Cause I think the theme of this month, this pride month is like, uh, joy as well, actually, which is interesting. Oh, right. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it's like, um, I was going to say gay joy, but like LGBTQ joy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't know. I guess different things. I like, uh, listen to a podcast that I shared on some social media. I listened to a podcast today. It's called bad, Very Bad Therapy. Oh, yeah. I saw that you shared that. Yeah. It's a really good episode about very bad LGBTQ therapy. And some of it's really sad, actually, but it's, but it's really, really interesting. Yeah. Like, that, I mean, if you, I'd, yeah, I'd encourage you to go listen to it, but there's this guy on it who talks about his parents kind of almost like, like well, encouraged him to go for therapy and it was going to be about like being gay and like the therapist was like, I need a urine sample from you because I've got a test that will determine if you are gay or not. What? <laughs> is this in America? Yeah. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> um, right. But it was like some weird kind of conversion thing going on. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's way more to the story than that. It gets more and more ludicrous as you listen to it, but also like more and more damaging and, and yeah. upsetting actually. Um, and he, he ended up writing to his therapist later on in life, this therapist and like saying, you know, I tried to report you and um, this wasn't okay. And they like replied kind of saying like, Oh, it was almost like I was setting it up to like, I don't know, like prove to your parents that you are gay and that it's okay. Like it was some weird, really weird kind of anyway, there's more to it in that episode, but like the importance of therapists, yeah. understanding and like awareness of and validation of like uh, LGBTQ experiences. And I think I'm getting kind of heavy into it here, but like, I I think like a lot of therapists would say, yeah, I work with LGBTQ clients without really giving that an awful lot of thought. Mm. I think like, Oh yeah, no, welcome any clients in. And I think, you know, it's not an awful place to be that like a bad place to be welcoming anyone in. But if you haven't got, I don't think you need a lived experience or to be LGBTQ to work with LGBTQ people, but like an awareness of and keeping yourself educated of and knowing what experiences are and what's, what people need and what's important um, is really interesting. Like my private practice at the moment is really interesting. I can't, I don't quite know how this has worked out, but like of my, of the clients I have at the moment, and I, I'm really careful of getting into anything like this because I don't want to identify anybody, but like 80, literally 80% of my clients are LGBTQ. Okay. Um, 60% being trans. Um, but that's not something that you've, you haven't like 
put yourself out there as a LGBTQ counselor that just happens to be well, or have you? On the, like the platform I use, my profile does say like uh, I think it says I'm LGBTQ, or it says like I, I will work with. But like that's among like a list of things that mm. I kind of specialize and work with. Um, but yeah, that must have I don't know like be seen as some kind of invitation or people are drawn to or um yeah yeah i think i wonder if that's actually that's really important because well you know you've just talked about that podcast that you listen to and how toxic an experience bad therapy can be for for anyone you know obviously including lgbtq people and i wonder if there's something about um certain words or phrases that say in your profile where you kind of advertise your, your counseling, your therapy, um, there are certain words or phrases that will immediately make people think, okay, I'm safe with him. And, yeah. you know, even if you just mention LGBTQ plus on yeah. your profile, we had a years ago when I worked for a church, we had a similar conversation about there's a movement called inclusive church which is exactly what it sounds like. It's, it's, a, it's about making church more inclusive, um, not just around sex and sexuality, but also around gender, ethnicity, all sorts of stuff. Um, and we had this kind of conversation where we were saying the, the official like banner organization, what it, what it, the, 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 the things that it gives to people to do to kind of tick the boxes to say that we count as an ex- inclusive church, we're kind of saying, well, we kind of do that stuff already. So why bother signing up almost? And the argument that me and, and one of my colleagues who happened to be gay actually was making was that seeing the phrase inclusive church on our publicity, on our promotional stuff will help people to know that it's a safe place for them to come to. And if therapy has historically been toxic towards LGBTQ plus people, the church, oh my God, it like even more so, right? Like if ever someone needed, there was a context for to create an obviously safe space, yeah. it's the church, right? Um, so I wonder if those little, like they can often be quite twee and I don't know, like those little words or phrases that people check out. But I wonder if they're more important than we think that they are in terms of helping people realize, okay, this is a safe person. This is a safe place. Well, not just words. I think like symbolic invitations are really important. So yeah, those yeah. words also like, I know if I'm going, I don't know, if I'm going on holiday or things like that, I will, I will sometimes look out for like, in, like, well, you might say like an inclusive LGBTQ inclusive or like a little rainbow on a window of somewhere, yeah. you know, in different, like just things like, um, oh, I know I'll, I'll be welcomed yeah. there. Um, which then also has like weird implications for places that don't have that. Like I'm always like this worry of, will I not be welcomed or, um, mm. but yeah, I think those, those invitations are important. Like my last therapist, um, I really wanted a, a gay male therapist and found one, but it was really important. And it was quite, it wasn't easy actually finding a gay male therapist. Yeah. Um, but it was really important for me. That's what I needed for a few years and found that. And yeah. it was what I needed. And I got a lot of, but yeah, like to find like, yeah. So you're looking out for support and if you're looking for a therapist and then to have someone who has potentially got some shared lived experience or understands what some of the things you might have gone through are like yeah absolutely absolutely it's really important because 
And I don't think you always you always need to experience what your clients experience as a therapist. Yeah. But I think some kind of shared or lived experience really helps. Yeah. Um, well, th- I mean, this is not even close to the same thing, but I remember in my late teens and early twenties looking for therapy. And at the time when I was much more hooked into the evangelical church, I really wanted to find a Christian therapist because my faith was such a core part of who I am that I wanted somebody who could understand that shared language. The reason why I say it's not at all the same thing is because now today as a Christian, if I see Christian therapist, I think, Oh, steer clear of that. Like that, that is not going to be good. That's really unfair because I'm sure that there are some really excellent Christian therapists out there. But yeah, I, maybe. But that's an interesting reaction that you all like instinctively have, though. Now that's um, yeah. Well, yeah, it's an interesting conversation. Just as, like I guess we're in it now. But like Pride Month and therapy, like in terms of like conversion therapy and the whole conversation and discourse around that and. Mm. This, these promises to like we're going to ban conversion therapy oh not really though we're not actually yeah um, we're going to review that and now actually we're not going to include trans people in that like you can have conversion therapy and also we'll allow it for people who consent to it and yeah you're just like well so you're not banning it at all no that's right because presumably a lot of people that go to conversion therapy are consenting to it yeah so i, I was um involved in a conversation this month that would have been very much affected by a ban on conversion therapy had it been a proper ban. And I need to, I'm going to be quite deliberate in how I phrase this because it involves other people who, as far as I know, don't listen to the podcast, but I I don't want them to recognize themselves in it. Um, But essentially there was a panel conversation with, with Christians about how we welcome gay, lesbian, bisexual, transgender, whatever people into our congregation. But the tone of the conversation was so offensive um, and not good at all. (laughs) Um, And it made me really angry. and what was really angry, what made me angry was that the tone was very compassionate. You know, it's all about, you know, we love everybody. That's the whole point of the church, you know, that all people should be made to feel welcome and that kind of stuff. However, dot, dot, dot. And there was this kind of like one of the questions at one point from the audience was, how can we, or how is it phrased? How can we welcome without affirming? Oh, fuck um, off. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And the the tone from the panel was, mm, yeah, that's a really good question. That's a really, really good question. Is it? Um, it, it? Well, it's not. Absolutely, it's not. Because in my mind, if you're not affirming, you're not welcoming. You yeah. can't be one without the other. And all of the talk of, um, you know, you've heard the phrase like, uh, love the sinner, hate the sin. Yeah. So offensive, so offensive. But that was the tone of this conversation. Yeah. It was all about, you know, well, we do know it's a sin. We do know that it's bad, but, you know, we don't want to be bullies. We don't want to be mean about it. Um, and afterwards I was asked to feedback and I said, 
because I, I, everyone is very self-congratulatory afterwards, you know, like it uh, wasn't, isn't it good that we we're able to have this kind of conversation? Aren't, and, aren't we good? Aren't we good people? Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. And I said in my verbal feedback, um, I find the nuance of this conversation really offensive because in my mind, it's not a nuanced conversation. And as far as I understand it, as a straight man, being gay is as much of who a person is as being black or being a woman. And now swap the word gay for the word black. And you will see how offensive what you're saying is. How can we welcome black people into our church without saying it's okay to be black? You know, can black people experience the fullness of salvation like white people? Like you can see that that's horrible, horrible, racist, you know, KKK level racism. But that's what you're doing to gay people in this conversation. And you think you're being really nice. Because your tone is very, you know, well, you know, we want to love it. You're not saying, fuck them, let them go to hell. You know, your your tone is very compassionate. Which would almost be better, actually. It would. It? That was exactly my point. Because at least if they're saying, fuck them, let them all go to hell, yeah. you know where you stand. You're not being gaslighted. Do you know yeah. what I mean? Like, that's what it, it's gaslighting. You know, well, hey, we love yeah. you. We love you. You're welcome. But you, you should probably, try. you can't be on the leadership well, being it's, the way that you are. It just feels like a trap. Like, it's yeah. like, a, come in so we can beat you. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like it's the fucking child catcher and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. It's the fucking exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's and they it's, so the conversion therapy thing came up in the conversation, and I mean, it, there wasn't a huge amount of detail that was we didn't talk about it for very long. But again, the tone was kind of like, um, essentially, it was saying, um, we wouldn't ever do conversion therapy. Unless, of course, they asked for it. Unless, of course, that's what they wanted. In which case, of course, we would support them and give them resources and that kind of stuff. And again, it's like, you think that the nuance there is a good thing. You think you're being good by being making it nuanced, but it's not. You, you, the nuance is what's making it so evil, so wicked. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, no, you're right. It is. It's that. The fact that you're not even aware of what it is you're saying and doing yeah. is really dangerous. Yeah. And so um, the whole conversion therapy ban thing, you know, to use the same metaphor that I used earlier on, it's like the government saying, um, you know, we think bl- black people shouldn't be forced to have their skin bleached, but if, if they want to do it, it's important that we give them the resources and we don't want to shut down skin bleaching clinics because, you know, for some people they provide a good service. And, Again, it's like, I mean, this is all, I'm very conscious that I'm talking as a straight white guy. So I'm touching on stuff that I don't know about, but it just made me so angry because it's so, no, no. And this nuance, generally speaking, is a good thing. I like nuance, but in this conversation, chuck it out the window. There's no nuance. It's like that Stonewall thing. Some people are gay, get over it. That's a, that's a pretty decent like place to start. Just fucking accept it. That's, that's where we are. Don't change it. Leave it. The, the, but the problem, yeah, the, that's the problem. They think they, I don't know who they are, but this group of people you are talking about, they think they are accepting it, but really, really are not. Like, really, really are not. And no, that's right. It's really dangerous. I just, I, I, the more we talk about conversion therapy, the more it just upsets me as a term, really. Like, just the, the fact that the word therapy is there alongside conversion, like it, because it isn't, it's not therapy. That's not therapy. Yeah, it's just like harm. 
Yeah. Like conversion harm or like you can't, I mean, the idea of it's fucking nonsense anyway. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like what, what, what are you even talking about? Um, and yeah, to like for a government to promise they're going to do it. And I just, I guess what this is um, evoking for me right now though, as well is like, so I've posted some stuff and said already on here, like, oh, celebrating like Pride Month. And I do want to do that. And especially if it's the theme of joy as well. But it's quite difficult to do at the same time as the current discourse around trans people mm. happens. And that's a real fight. And, you know, what's why Pride exists. To, it's a fight. It's like, it's a celebration, yeah. but it comes from a fight and a yeah. need to fight. Um, and that's ongoing, you know, like the, the stuff you see about, uh, there's more stuff this week around like government ministers kind of saying teachers shouldn't pander to gender and, um, yeah. whether kids identify as whatever, them, their sex is their sex. And if they're on the register as this, this is how you should refer to them. And so, and it's just, yeah, it is the same fucking discourse as what it was around gay people. Yeah. That it's a, what I don't, I just don't understand. Like the let's let's look at this potentially most vulnerable group of people in our country and attack it. Yeah, um, and it's fucking horrible. And all, the, and it's the same time period where Ricky Twatface Gervais has fucking yeah. launched his stupid new fucking comedy, whatever the with fucking anti-trans all over. It. And it's just like, and he hides behind the freedom of speech, this and that bollocks. And it's like, you, yeah. you're you using your platform to attack the most vulnerable group of people. Absolutely. Um, have, you seen, have you seen oh, James Acaster's? Uh, fucking love it. I absolutely yeah, love it. So good. Yeah. And the bit about Ricky Gervais in particular. Yeah. It's he does. Just, yeah. For, 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 for the audience who might not have seen it, he does this whole thing about a particular comedian who attacks trans people from his platform um and he won't name him because um people get upset when he names him and thinks that he's having a go at him which shows him that ultimately the rights of trans people are less important than the rights of ricky gervais <laughs> which so good man he's I, I love that guy yeah no it's a brilliant like couple of minutes he does on that yeah um, yeah and i saw that kind of floating around and getting shared um yeah i feel like i just got very sweary and ranty for a couple of minutes there um it's a good thing to get sweary and ranty about. And and the joy thing, I think, is really so, so, so important, actually. Uh, again, speaking as an outsider to, to, to the Pride community, you know, to, as somebody who's never had to worry about his own identity or his sense of or representation in movies or, or whatever. Um, but I, I can imagine, particularly for trans people, but for, for, anybody kind of on that on that spectrum on that on that that rainbow spectrum um that you're living a life of of fear of of not being accepted of people telling you who you are and who you should be and how you should dress and how you you know what you are and all that kind of thing and the idea of finding a community where you're safe and loved and accepted for who you are seems to me to be such a joyful thing when the yeah. world is so scary, when you've got Ricky Gervais and JK Rowling and whoever else yeah, and, and the church um, 
having a go at you and telling you what you should be and you know having strong opinions about you as people who don't know anything about you to find a community of like mind not just like-minded but like people who are the same as you people who can identify with you people who, who share a story with you i i can't imagine the joy that you know that yeah. that would lead to it's um yeah i mean i guess to that like i can only speak from my experience of like coming out as as gay and then finding like community and like what yeah the joy and kind of liberation and stuff that that that, that brings it's but it is difficult like because yeah all those things we just mentioned that are kind of the discourse around it and and not only the people with like i don't know bigoted strong twatty opinions but like the the kinds of questions that ministers get asked on like news programs and stuff and it's like they they go straight for the like can a woman have a penis? And you're just yeah, like, yeah, what, yeah. what are you even asking? Yeah. What yeah. is your, what is your actual question? It's, it's, it, it's, it's looking for sound bites, isn't it? Um, yeah. which like the, 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 you're talking about the Keir Starmer thing, right? Where he was asked. Yeah. I mean, they've all been asked it like recently, like, yeah. And some people are like, yes, no. And it's like, what I, I just, just refuse to answer that question. Like there's no, that isn't yeah. the question to ask. Yeah. Um, why is that? Why are we talking about people's genitalia? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Yeah. Why do you give a shit? <laughs> like, yeah. yeah. What what impact is that on? You, does that have on you? Yeah. Um, and again, that's the that's the. Some people are gay, get over it. Some people are trans, yeah. get over it. Some people are lesbian, get over it. Whatever. But that it seems like such a a blunt tool. That sentence, get over it. But actually, that's the point. Like, just fucking move on. Yeah. Leave it. It's not like it's not for you to comment on. Just accept it. Well, yeah, and it's you know being LGBTQ largely like you grow up and have to deal with so much toxicity and shame, internalized homophobia, like so much stuff that is attacking your identity. To then like live in a society that just has all of this discourse and questions going on, you just like what? Why are we still like? Yeah, and yes, it's more about trans people at the moment, and I just I think it is an, a really really difficult time to be yeah. trans, and I know it evokes a lot for me because it, it feels very familiar. Um, but also, you know, uh, having trans people in my life and working with quite a few trans people and like seeing the direct impact, um, and what I have seen as well is it. Um, almost like shove people back into that closet as well. Mm. Like people that have tried to like accept themselves and share who they are and then just be shoved back into some closet of, I can't, I can't do this. I can't be who I am because it's not, not only not accepted, it's actively attacked. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's beyond, it used to, I remember this conversation around being gay. Like it, we used to fight for like tolerance. Yeah. And that sucks to yeah. fight to be tolerated yeah um then we move yeah. to like being accepted which feels better as a kind of you know want to be accepted not just tolerated but it's not only fighting for like it's, it's just an active attack on mm. it's so it's, it, it's just yeah it's a lot i don't want to kind of lose the, the the point i think you were also making in there just about that theme of joy in there as well and um the joy that can come from yeah, finding community. Yeah. And not just like, yeah, being able to find who you are and share who you are with people and be a more organically, like, authentic person in the world. Mm-hmm. 
because you're able to then share. Um, and I've, I've probably said this on here before, but like I know, so I often still will get asked, um, when did you come out? Um, yeah. And it's a fine question. It's not, it's all right. But I think what that question means is when did you first come out? Yeah. Because there is no one time. Yeah. There's no that explosion into the world and everybody now has it in their brain that you're, you've come out as gay in my, in my case, but like I've first told people when I was 16 and, but I'm now, well, I'm about to turn 39 this month and any new people I meet, I'm going to start a new job soon. And like, I'll be meeting new people. And that at some point it will be sharing that I'm gay and this is part of who I am, my identity. And that still fills me with a lot of anxiety. But mm. also once I've done it, I'm really pleased I've done it and shared who I am. And actually during my interview process, which was really intense for this new job, I was talking a lot about being gay and how important it is to me and how equality and diversity is really important to me. Yeah. There were some like bad experiences of it. So I've already kind of been doing a bit of that. But like the coming out thing is a, a it's it's not a moment in time. Yeah, it can feel like you're building up to this moment in time, but actually, it carries on. Yeah, um, but yeah, it can bring so much joy and um, yeah, sense of belonging, community, and like you can all. Well, I know my experience has often been like I can almost breathe again once I've let people know. I'm often more worried about telling men than mm. women that I'm gay. Mm. Um. And once I have, and I f- it feels okay, I c- it's almost like I've not been breathing for a while. Yeah. Um, and then that just feels super lovely. It's like, oh, thank God for that. Um, I'm gonna, so I'm going to relate this to something I've been thinking about for a little while, but then this is a, this is a, a preamble to a question that I have for you because what I'm going to talk about isn't the same thing. It doesn't compare, but it's the closest I can get to understanding it which is um, I had a conversation with uh, a friend who's, who happens to be a psychotherapist um, a little while ago. And um, she asked me a question at one point in the conversation that like was like dropping a bomb. Um, I, I was talking about uh, a mutual acquaintance of ours who I find it really quite hard work. A lot of the time I like this person, but they're a bit of a space invader and they, they sap my energy. And I was talking to this person about like, you know, I don't know what to do because whenever I'm with them, you know, I, I just find them to be quite draining to be clear. It's no one. If you're listening to this thinking, I wonder if it's me, it isn't you. It's no one who listens to this podcast, but just to make that clear. But the person I was talking to then said to me, at what point in your life did you decide that what you want and what brings you pleasure is less important than what, what other people want and what brings them pleasure. At what point did you decide that your comfort is less important than the comfort of the people around you? And the point she was making is why can't you t- just not hang out with this person quite so much? Why can't you say no to this person? Um, and that was, I would say three weeks ago, maybe a month ago that I had that conversation with, with my friend and since then, that question has been eating away at me. And I notice all of the times in which I say yes to something I don't really want to say yes to, or I don't speak my mind because I just want to keep the peace and I want to keep everybody happy. And um, 
the a, a big part of that is I just want everyone to like me all of the time. And I worry that if I speak my mind, they won't like me so much. And why am I so worried about that? Um, and my friend at one point said, you could try just little simple things at first, like um, not laughing at jokes that you don't find funny. And I was like, what? That's a little thing. I can't imagine anything more awkward. I can't like the idea of somebody making a joke and me just not laughing destroy like i can't imagine anything that would make me feel more self-conscious like i have to politely laugh but she was saying that's the point that's the point you don't have to politely laugh you don't have to be what they want you to be you could be who you are who you actually are um anyway where i'm going with all of this um is what i am hoping for really hoping for is that that will get easier with time because at the moment Every little act of saying no to somebody leads me to like 24 hours of like insane soul searching. And was that the right thing to do? Oh no, I've wounded them. Maybe I should have just said yes. And you know, that kind of stuff. And every little kind of little moments to kind of be who I want to be rather than who somebody else wants me to be Mm. feels like pushing a boulder uphill. Do you know what I mean? Like it feels like hard fucking work. And my hope is that it will get easier and I'll become more in tune with who I am and who I want to be and more comfortable saying, nah, I don't want to do that. You guys have fun, but go without me. I'm not really that interested. Yeah. And so the question for you, bringing it back to pride and back to coming out is that process that you just talked about, about the constant need to come out. It's not a one-time thing. Have you found that that gets easier with time? Have you found that you're more comfortable with those repeated little moments of having to come out day by day? Or is it like pushing a boulder uphill every time? So to go back to your like point about nuance from earlier, like that's a really nuanced kind of question, experience, answer, because in many ways, yes, it's a lot easier because I don't know why I'm hesitating to say this. Like I like myself a lot more than I used mm. to. Yeah. Um, that makes me want to cry saying that. Um, you can cry. It's good for the ratings. We've talked about that before. I was trying to get fucking listener tears, <laughs> listening, listener tears out of me too. Um, uh, <laughs> the episode where Dan cries. Um, uh, but I look, I, in, in all seriousness, like I like myself a lot more and accept myself so much more than I used to. And Mm -hmm. that as a foundation makes it a lot easier to uh, share who I am with people and new people in my life. That doesn't take away a bit of fear and threat and anxiety at coming out Mm -hmm. um, to people. I still feel like what, and I don't know what my worst case scenario in my head really is. It's a, I think what my worst case scenario in my head is, is if this person knows who I am so soon, they might think, um, I don't know what the, what the next word of that is like wrong, disgusting, you yeah. know, those kinds of things. Yeah. And then I don't really know why I care so much. Because yeah. I don't think those things anymore. I used to think those things about myself. I don't think those things. And if this new person in my life thinks those things, I don't fucking want them in my life. Mm. And so that's, you know, that's like to, to your experience that you were just describing. That's quite difficult. 
I have gone through a process of, um, you know, I moved out of the county I lived in. I have uh, taken steps to not have certain people in my life, certain kind of acquaintances and friends and stuff that were kind of not good for me. And like mm-hmm. I, I've in recent, I don't know, year or two, like made conscious efforts to in, like either dilute or remove the experience of people that are not good for me in my life Yeah, yeah. and do what you're saying really in a saying no to things and really looking at what the function of saying yes to something is, yeah. what, what need is that meeting for me? Yeah, so I might be trying to meet someone else's need, but what need of mine is getting met by me doing that or not? Yeah. Um, and yeah, likewise, I guess with coming out, um, I worry what impact that's going to have on someone else because I worry what their reaction is then going to have on me. You know, I, I don't want to be, even if it's just like a flash of shame, I don't want that to be evoked because someone else has got some horrible opinion. Yeah. That's always my worry. That's it. I think just actually speaking out loud, I think I've got to what the thing is. It's not necessarily what someone's reaction is. It's what it might evoke in me. Yeah, of course. Um, and I don't want that internalized crap to, to, be strong again or to like I know it's kind of still there a bit but like it's very much diluted and diminished from where it used to be um but it's difficult and I guess you know we have spoken a bit about this before but like living in heteronormative assumptive like places like people make assumptions really quickly and it's very difficult when someone you just meet in has started a conversation based on a foundation of assumptions mm-hmm. and very quickly share those assumptions with you without meaning any bad badness. There's no bad intent there. Um, but when someone starts from a foundation of assumptions, it's difficult to then like to challenge their assumptions when you don't know them yet. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, Oh, by the way, all the assumptions you've just made are wrong. Nice to meet you by the way. But like, um, you know, it's quite difficult um, to do any of that. Yeah. Um, it, in short, though, yeah, it's a bit easier. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's what we wanted to hear. It gets easier. Um, I've, well, I get, look, the, 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 the most important thing is I've never regretted coming out to anyone. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Never, never regretted it. Yeah. As, sometimes it's not been easy, but, like, I've never regretted it. Yeah. I think what I was just thinking about then when you were talking is um, with my church upbringing, um so um there are four greek words for love i can't remember all four of them but there's two in particular that are really fundamental to this conversation and particularly the church and religion's relationship with this conversation which are eros and agape and eros is where we get the word erotic from um but it's not just sexual love it's 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 that yearning love that that desire that's like all consuming you know you can't think of anything else apart from this person this thing whatever it was that kind of that burning kind of passionate kind of love um and then agape is the more kind of like love for your fellow man you know like uh, agape is giving to the homeless and visiting people in prison and doing doing good things and that kind of stuff so you could you could almost oversimplify them in, in the sense of like agape is like your moral duty. This is what you do because it's right to do. Noble. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, which is ge- like a genuinely unironically a really good thing. I think, you know, a sense of moral duty is really, really important. Mm. Um, and Eros is like, I say that burning yearning kind of 
passionate kind of desire. Um, and I would say the church is completely fixated on your sense of moral duty. This is what you should be doing as a Christian. This is how you should be living, how you should be behaving, how you ought to be, whatever. And has no language for Eros. And actually is frightened of the conversation of Eros. You know, that like, well, that's probably not for here, mate. That's, that, you know, take that outside of the church. What you do behind your own, you know, front door is your business, but it's probably not here for us. Um, and I think on some level, that's why the church has become so good at being homophobic mm. because it doesn't, it doesn't even have a language for straight passionate love, mm. you know, like I, as a straight guy, feel like I can't express my sexuality within mm. the church. So let alone anything that's not like heteronormative, anything that doesn't fit in that mold, because we just don't have a language for it in there. Well, I mean, we do, the Bible is full of it actually, you know, like, the the um, the bible is filth there is there is filth in the bible there's um a, a book called the song of solomon which is this like essentially this erotic novel about like this yearning love that he has for this woman and it's it's it is like startlingly erotic at times um but we never read that in church we put that to one side in favor of the privacy of your own room to... yeah that's right that's right yeah yeah but we're our religion does give us the language for that, actually. Yeah. But the church and organized religion has stifled that hmm. down to the point, you know, where the, the roaring flame has just become embers. Um, and instead, we talk about our duty. And so when it comes to coming out and that kind of stuff, where, and I mean, I, I have to be clear, I completely get that I, as a straight white, Christian guy don't know what it's like to be persecuted. I absolutely don't know what that's like. Um, but where I can relate is the thing of at what point do I put aside what I have been told is my moral duty yeah. in favor of what I really want, what, what would actually bring me joy and yeah. what I yearn for. Sometimes those two things line up, yeah. but often it feels like they don't. Um, and there's a balancing act there. There's something interesting in there, like that's, um, I guess, and this is a view I used to have, but like a lot of people, when they ask you about or have thoughts about what it is to be gay, it, it comes down to like, who are you attracted to? Who do you want to sleep with? Um, so it like, becomes about sex really mm. and like uh, yeah. desire in that kind of way. And it's a view I used to, like I used to say that a lot when I was younger, like, well, this is just this, this is only this in my life. Why is anyone interested in like just yeah. who I am attracted to? And it's like, it's not, it's not, it's not that it's, it's, you said this earlier about like, in like, so crucial to your identity and like in, in the same way that like being black or being a woman is like your identity. It's, it's the same, like this is about who I am, my identity and the things I like doing, the things I enjoy and like the way I am in the world and the way I understand people and the way I engage with relationships. It's, uh, and yeah, who I'm attracted to as well. But like, mm. which is why like those questions around gender identity and like people's genitalia just seems like it's such a weird distraction from what we're actually asking really yeah yeah because i think there can be 
I don't know, tricky conversations that maybe need to be had around different issues in the LGBTQ community, but like not yeah. what someone's genitalia is or like who That's, you want to have sex um, with. You just reminded me in that panel debate that I mentioned earlier on, at one point, one of the things one of the panelists said was, um, I think we've made too big a deal out of the gay issue. And um, actually, we don't ever talk about people cohabiting or people having sex outside of marriage, which is just as bad. And I was like, oh, no, it's not. It's so well. You, you, yeah. I, I thought, oh, good. Here's somebody who I agree with. And then you went like, <laughs> Let's get even more puritanical. Let's start, let's start telling people, even more people, what they should be doing with their dicks. Like, uh, um, yeah, just l- let's label this thing bad, and then let's like lump more people into that bad category. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. Oh fuck off. Yeah. Right. They really fuck off. But again, it's like it's this like the like puritanical. We have to get to a point where our where we no longer have desire, where we're asexual beings, essentially, you know, and we will have sex within marriage because it is our duty to procreate and to create children, but we certainly won't take any pleasure in it. And <laughs> like that's like the the logical end point of that conversation. Yeah. Um yeah. and uh, God. Bloody people. And it's very joyless. To, yeah, well yeah. So I used to get asked like who's the man and who's the woman in your relationship as well. So this, it's like, you've missed the point entirely. Look, I've told you, I'm sorry I asked that. I didn't know at the time. <laughs> but like, what is that question? Like, yeah, really? what does that mean? Like, you've missed the point of what I've told you. Yeah. If that's what your question is. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I've either failed to communicate something or you've completely misinterpreted what I've said. Like, it's just, I've told you I'm gay. Yeah. That means if I'm in a relationship, which I am, with my husband, like, we are two men. Yeah. That's so there crazy. isn't a woman. There's no woman there. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, take that out of your mind. Again, deal with it. Accept it. Who's the woman? And then, like, what What are you, what, what do you actually want to ask? Yeah. Because just ask it. I'll yeah. still tell you to fuck off, but, like, just ask whatever it is you think you're asking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I watched just- a really interesting YouTube podcast a while ago where the host of the podcast actually said some things that were quite homophobic and he, he didn't see that he was homophobic. Um, and actually he responded to it really well when he, 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 somebody then explained to him why what he was asking was homophobic. Um, and why it plays into stereotypes and tropes that are really unhelpful. And he, published an apology explaining, you know, I didn't understand and I'm continuing to learn and I want to do better and that kind of stuff. So actually he handled it, I think really, really well, but the thing, so he, his whole kind of persona, I'm not going to like name him because I don't want people to kind of look him up and think that he's a horrible person, but his whole thing is he has really blunt, straightforward, sometimes quite crude conversations with people. And so he'll ask people about sex and, you know, the way they wipe when they take a shit and that kind of stuff. Do you know what I mean? It's like, it's like quite core cool stuff. And he had a gay guest on and he got into this conversation about top and bottom. And he was just like, so, you know, which one are you? Are you a top or a bottom? And the guy was clearly like, I don't know, man, I don't really want to tell you that. And he was like, what? I, you know, it's the same question that I'd asked to a straight cut, you know, that kind of thing. Um, And it was just really awkward to watch. But 
but like I say, he he educated himself and mm. for my money released a very sincere and authentic and good apology about how he's learning and he didn't realize that this was playing into unhelpful tropes. But anyway, where am I going with that? You were talking about the question about what people ask who's the man and who's the woman. It's kind of that same kind of thing, right? Like that's ultimately what they're getting at. It's kind of like, what are the mechanics? Yeah. That's, that's what I mean. Like actually ask what you want to ask. Yeah. Like be fucking, if you're going to be a dick, like go full fledged with it and ask what you're actually interested in asking. Yeah. Yeah. And I will still tell you to fuck right off because that's none of your business. But just have the fucking decency to say what you're actually like. Yeah. It doesn't mean anything. What you're asking doesn't mean anything. Yeah. Yeah. Dickhead. Dickhead. <laughs> so I'm Dan. and I- <laughs> <laughs> I'm coming to this conversation. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we failed to introduce ourselves today. I think people who are listening know who we are by now. So, yeah. I think that's okay. I'm, I'm I'm done though, just in case you're wondering. And this voice belongs to Tim. And it's not a distorted voice, Tim. No. Um that is a reference to a conversation Dan and I had before I hit record, so that won't make sense to anyone who's listening. I thought you should have just left it as a mystery. Okay. Well it is still a mystery because I'll never know what we were talking about. <laughs> um Well, that ended up being a very pride themed pod- podcast. Yeah, it did. I, I hope there's been enough kind of, because I feel like I've been really ranty and sweary and that feels okay. I'm mm. fine with that. But like, um, I I want to make sure that there's enough balance with kind of the joy of, because of, like all of that ranty sweariness goes to like, people should just be able to be who they are and, and belong and feel kind of joy. Mm. And like, I, I do have to like that. I know if you're kind of straight or whatever, like you can't really understand what the feeling of coming out is and then yeah. what the reaction is and what you feel, but I, it, cause it's, it can be such a euphoric kind of, and when I said earlier, like I feel like it can breathe again. I don't mean that in any like glib small way. It feels fucking huge. Yeah. Like, like I can catch my breath and just be again. And it's, it is properly, properly joyful. Also just being gay is really fucking joyful. A lot of the time, like um, the, the, the fact that when I say I like, I like myself a lot more, the ability I have now to like own what I love as well, musical theater and spice girls and whatever, like drag and what like all these, it's so fucking wonderful mm. to be able to just like, these are things I love. And that's, that's me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, and actually that's something which, um i think the the straight heteronormal whatever heteronormative world that i live in could learn from 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 the pride movement um because i still in lots of ways feel tremendously repressed i still Mm -hmm. feel like that conversation that i heard earlier on what i was saying about you know not being able to articulate what i want you know like Mm -hmm. in in a conversation in a relationship or whatever and you know, doing, doing what I think the other person needs me to do because I want them to like me or I think it's my duty or whatever. And there's something that we like, I, as a straight person can learn from pride, something around that kind of like, this is who I am. This is, this is who I am. And this is what I love. And this is what I want to be. And if you're on board with that, come and hang out and if you're not 
that's cool. You don't have to be here. Um, that I think that's a really, uh, there's something, um, you know, in that conversation with that panel, the best case scenario that comes out of that is, um, okay, we'll accept gay people. We'll accept that they are here among us. Um, and it's, it's robbing individuals and it's robbing the church of so much joy because actually what would be even better is not accepting that they are here among us, but what could we learn from them? What could we gain? What light could gay people bring into our church? You know, like how could our church be better for having LGBTQ plus people? What, what will trans people bring to our congregation that's missing at the moment? You know, that will make us happier and more joyful and freer. Um, and, acceptance whether and this is true across all you know race and gender and whatever um is such a kind of like look okay you you can come and eat at our table okay it's still our table and you still have to obey our rules but you know help yourself it's the, the food is there for you as well and what the conversation begins to look like if you go like I don't know, really stretch the metaphor, like make it a bring and share. Do you know what I mean? Like, how do you eat? You know, what, what, what are your traditions? Oh, you do it that way. That's cool. Let's do it that way. Um, just feels like you're, you're opening yourself up. You eat what we eat. That's like, yeah. You eat eat sandwiches too. Yeah. But, but even more excitingly, I mean, this doesn't really work with a food metaphor, but let's stick with it because that's what we started with. I've never tried this before in my life. Yeah. Whoa, this is amazing. This is so nice. I'm going to have this more often. You know, like the you eat sandwiches too. Obviously, that's true. But also, what can you bring that we don't have that we're missing? Do you know what what I mean? What's your gay food? Yeah. What what gay food have you got? Um, Flumps, I would imagine. Well, I made some, I baked some gay food this last month. I did a like bake off class online and baked some tea gakes which were like tea cakes with like a uh, <laughs> rainbow uh, marshmallow. Nice. Nice. They yeah. sound really nice. That They were really fucking complicated. Could I have one as a straight person? Uh, I No, because we ate them all. Oh, um, uh, right. So I'm, I'd happily bake some more. And, and We only like, have plain uncolored tea cakes in the straight community. Yeah, you can't have rainbow tea cakes. That's right. That's right. We yeah. don't have them. I've never seen yeah. one before. So that's what we eat. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's good to know. That's good knowledge. Listener, rain- we're learning. Rainbow on it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's either, it's either gay or NHS food. It, fuck the NHS adopting the rainbow flag. <laughs> yeah, that's ours now. That's no, ours fuck it isn't. No, <laughs> it literally about anything else. <laughs> I know. I know. It's so weird, isn't it? Um, but you've got your posh new one now with the brown and black and the triangles and stuff. Yeah. Yeah, we have the, we don't, yeah. So now we've got the standard rainbow. We, I say this as an employee of the NHS. That's why, that's why I'm saying we, we've yeah. got, we've got your standard rainbow. That's ours now. We, we, fuck off. <laughs> Stop it. That's called. Thanks cool. for letting it's us have that. Rainbow. That's good. Huh? That's cool of you. That's like, basically like you get a new phone and you give your old phone to your partner. You've got your posh new flag. We got your old one. We got your hand-me-downs. Black stuff's interesting. Like, I haven't got a pride flag actually, but I would get a rainbow one. Like, I, I don't know. Like, cause yeah. Uh, yeah. There's always no new, 
the other, when I was recommending that podcast earlier, they're talking about like the ever evolving knowledge and education and language around uh, LGBTQ stuff, really, like especially gender, really, at mm. the moment. Um, but like the ever changing nature of uh, things, and like that, the flag is included, like the flag changes and yeah. tries to be more inclusive. Although I kind of think like the rainbow is designed to be inclusive and like adopts like different state, like different like parts of that acronym. And yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway, and I literally have rainbow like stuff tattooed on my skin these days. That's how much yeah, I yeah. Uh, accept and like myself more than I used to. It's literally pride stamped on my arm. Yeah. That's cool. Um, I've got Spider-Man stamped on my arm. That's my identity. I mean, thanks for making that equivalent. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Dickhead. So, dickhead, um, yes. what what joy story have you got for this month? Uh, can you go first? Because I, I need to think of one. So this is Pride themed, actually. There's quite a few moments of real joy this month, but I'm not going to like cheat and say it could have been this, it could have been that, because um, I end up naming quite a few sometimes. Um but it could have been quite a few. So on start at the start of this week, uh, my husband and I went to a uh, a gig, uh, and it was Bianca Del Rio, who's a drag queen. She's like uh, one of the winners of RuPaul's Drag Race, but um, a comedy. And she's a comedian um, and was before and is now, and describes her comedy as uh, hateful joy. Okay, um, we, and it really it like. So anyway, we went to this gig on Monday and there were a number of reasons this is my joy story, but like being in a venue that I've been in a number of times, but on Monday when we were there, predominantly filled with LGBTQ people, um, was so lovely to be in and, and be around and feel so just safe and welcome. And then like seeing the warm up act was a drag queen and she was fucking brilliant um and then Bianca Del Rio was just brilliant and no one was really safe from Bianca Del Rio's helpful joy hateful joy sorry like it okay. was just go for everybody and every group and every, just I've been giggling all week thinking about things that she was saying some things that I just I could definitely not repeat yeah 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 yeah, yeah. yeah just awful um, <laughs> but amazing um so yeah and like cr- like properly ugly cry l- hysterical laughing at this gig yeah. both my husband and I like just really it was just that was just so so joyful and enjoyed it so much um yeah do you know that kind of cry laughter where you can't quite catch your breath um, yeah 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 just like you're trying to catch up with yourself almost and yeah. like it ju- it was just phenomenal and being in an audience which felt predominantly LGBTQ as well. Yeah. Um, it was just, yeah, a, a, amazing. That's cool. I've never even heard of Bianca Del Rey. <coughs> Del Rio. There you go. See, I even kind of get her name right, Bianca Del Rio, but I will YouTube her after this conversation. I'd imagine a lot of her, she was very strict about people are not allowed to film any of her shows. Oh, right. Okay. Okay. Uh, but I'm sure there are clips of different things she's done. But, and I can see after the gig, like, why? Yeah, okay. Because <laughs> okay. it's, oof, like, some of the times it was like, is it all right that I'm laughing at this? Right. that's pretty awful. Like, 
once we stop recording that, I'll just I'll name a couple of things to you that she touched on. But, okay, um, okay, I, okay. I wouldn't even dare. On once you. we stop recording, Dan and I will laugh at various uh, vulnerable minority groups. It's not even that. <laughs> I, like, I should hope it's not. <laughs> it's not like Ricky Gervais going after trans people. No, no. It's um, hateful joy. Okay, okay. It's brilliant. So that's my joy story for the month. What, what, what's yours, Tim? Um, well, I, uh, I haven't spoken a little bit about um, working on trying to be more comfortable being who I am and wanting who I am and that kind of stuff. I think the places this month where I felt very both joyful, but also just safe to be who I am are with just a couple of really close friends. Um, and so I guess my joy story, the thing I'm really grateful for this month is the friends who I can really just be who I am with and be really relaxed with and say what I want to say and feel how I want to feel and um, not not have any, you know, be grumpy if I want to be grumpy, whatever. Um, so I particularly want to shout out uh, my friend Lenny, who listens to the podcast, um, and he's been shouted out on the podcast before because he's 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 just a really good friend. And he, he came around last night. We watched Obi-Wan Kenobi together, and it was just there weren't many people who I had the energy to see last night, but I knew with Lenny, I could just kind of hang out and be myself. Um, and the other one is my friend, Anne, who has recently started listening to the podcast and she's um, the same. We went out for a pub lunch and a walk a little while ago. And again, I just feel I can say what I want to say, feel how I want to feel, be who I want to be when I'm with her. Um, and it's a, it's a good, safe feeling. So shout out particularly, there's other people as well, but this month, particularly Lenny and Anne have been, uh, have been really great, great friends. Um, that's beautiful yeah yeah that's really lovely well i want to say thank you to lenny and Anne as well that uh, then that um you're able to like just be all of who you are with them that's lovely yeah cool all right see you later bye <laughs> okay um we'll see you next month for our first birthday celebration joy story so yeah i don't know i, I was trying to think yeah see you next month joy story is one yeah um okay uh thanks for listening um we love you guys thank you for your emails uh we've had some really nice feedback and don't forget to email us at joystorypodcast.gmail.com thanks very much and see you next month Bye-bye. bye bye bye